severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome to Just Get A Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. I'm of course your host, Jamie McKinley, and it's an absolute pleasure to be back doing this podcast again after a much needed week off last week. It was nice to actually just have a week switching off from, from everything. Obviously, I love I love making this podcast. Elliot loves editing this podcast. But sometimes we forget that we do this on top of full-time jobs and it is a lot of work as much as we enjoy it. So I think it's an important lesson to anyone listening that's working a lot or as a creative person particularly, that even if you love what you do, it is important to have some time off and to look after yourself. So it's, it's definitely something to bear in mind, something I'm definitely not very good at. Anyhow, I'll rattle through this intro very, very quickly because my friend Paul, who is a very kind patron of this podcast, has just arrived at the flat as I've been recording this. He's very patiently waiting on me to be finished, so I'm going to rattle through this. But this week's episode is a bit different to usual, as tomorrow I'm turning 26, the day it's going out, I will be 26. So I thought it'd be nice to have Joe O'Neill, who's been on this podcast a few times, and for many regular listeners, they'll know who Joe is. So Joe very, very kindly agreed to come back on the podcast, and we sort of looked back on everything I've been up to in the last year with this podcast, with my jobs and stuff. And it's just nice to have a wee chat and let Joe host the podcast today. And for me to sort of share my experiences and my advice for people as well, it's just an excuse for me to be self-indulgent really. So there you go. So this was a sort of nice wee reflection on the last uh, year. It was really nice to chat to Joe. It's always lovely to have him on. I also just wanted to quickly, before we begin today's episode, Joe mentioned this in the episode, but just to plug his GoFundMe he's doing, Joe has basically given up alcohol for a year. He's not had a drink for, I think, four months now. He's doing really well. I think he's 90 days today he's been sober. So he's not drinking for a year to raise money for an amazing foundation, which there's a link to that in the show notes. Joe's going to plug it more in today's episode. And yeah, thank you as always for your support on this podcast. I've been very, very fortunate in the last year as well. I've had a, a lot of luck with sort of what I've been up to, but this podcast has played a huge part in that and your support has played a huge part in that. So I very much appreciate it. Anyhow, I very much hope you enjoy episode 76 of Just Get A Real Job with guest host Joe O'Neill. One, two, Creative industries are in a mess Artists' livelihoods are torn to shreds The government wanna spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retraining scheme Such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government have decimated the industry Now the years of hard work have been thrown away don't care what they will say Just get a real job Birthday special Hello Joe, how are you doing? Nice to see you on this fine Friday afternoon How are you doing Jamie? This is uh, an awful pleasure to be here I yeah. am very much excited to put you in the hot seat And just oh, get a real job it's Thank be... you so much for inviting me on Oh it's a pleasure to have you back I mean what is this your third or fourth appearance on the podcast now? 
Oh, I don't know. Like in physical form, this is my third. I think no, because I did some. You gave me some. Wait, when was the, the second you, one? You I did the my first one. You did the fifth day of special. You came on with Rebecca for a bit. Did a few questions. Oh yeah, that's right. I did do that. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, because I I remember, and then I but I wasn't physically there. I was just I did voice, didn't I? Or you also set there? for the last year's birthday thing we did for it last year. You sent in a question, yeah. So yeah, you'd kind of appeared in it this four four times now. For um, for any Irish people listening, I'm like Dustin the Turkey on the Late Late Show. I'm not yeah. going to explain that to Jamie or unless he says explain that. I, I think I know. Really well. Yeah, I think I've seen a few clips of the Late Late Show in Ireland. Yeah, but no, no Dustin the Turkey on the Late Late Toy Show, I should say. Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm totally gone. But to be fair to you, Joe, you literally are like the, my Irish correspondent for just a real job. You send me like every Irish guest, you know, a Pat Byrne recently, like we've got some coming up. Like you just put me in touch with like Irish people all the time, which is great. So, well, well I'm doing my best to just not do Irish people. Like I'm in London and if I see any, if I get chatting to anyone who is like a creative existing, I'm, uh, I'm all like, when may Jamie's a podcast, you should be on it. <laughs> and uh, I yell that kind of scared and run away. And I'm like, damn, no, Joe, you have to have better opening lines before you, <laughs> before you do this. I love it. I love it. Well, anyway, Joe, I'm going to hand over the podcast reins for this week to you. So there you go. You are now the host of Just Get Real Job for the next hour or so. So there you go. I'm all you. Oh, my God. I've been endowed with great power and I'm very much excited. Thank you very much, Jamie. And welcome to Just Get a Real Job. Just Get a Real Job, the Joe O'Neill edition. Wherever you're listening around the world, this is going to be an exciting, enduring and all-around exotic episode of Just Get a Real Job. The first time ever that an Irishman has taken over a British colony and we are all excited for it. <laughs> why, are you, Jamie, why, why are you referring my... to Scotland as a British colony? Why would you do that, man? Come on. Because <laughs> you've had the chance to vote yourself out and you said no, okay? Yeah. Play, we did, we did, we did. That's okay, true. do you know what I'm gonna go with first? I know this is just literally from the topic we I just brought up there. Well, you actually brought up if that if there was a Scottish independent vote right now, what way would it go? Well, way would it go? I, I honestly have no idea. I, I genuinely think that half the country probably don't. I think when you're on Twitter and stuff as a young person, you get caught in a bubble. So most people in my social circle probably vote yes. But I genuinely don't believe that a lot of the population probably would. So I'd, I'd say it'd be very close, maybe just a yes margin slightly because of how bad the, the government in power in UK are at the moment. I think maybe I'm narrow yes win, but who knows? I learned recently, this is an odd one, but it seems to be one celebrity in every country. Okay. And I do have actual questions lined up. This is coming into my head now. But do you know um, the actor Roberto Benigni? I'm familiar, yeah. He won an Oscar for Life is Beautiful and he's like this Italian celebrity. I work with a lot of Italians. And I'm like, what do you think of him? And they're like, they hate him because he's very politically right. And it seems to be that like a lot of celebrities like older generation celebrities yeah. like that at one point were like beloved by everyone just eventually become dickheads so in Italy it is Roberto Benigni in Australia apparently it's Paul Hogan of Crocodile D fame right, and I'm right. wondering in Scotland is there anyone in that line to you which you were crazy about who you really liked growing up but as you got older you're like actually they're not as great as I think they are I actually don't know, to be honest. I'm thinking about that. Can I say Mike? No, because I was going to say Michael Gove, but I don't think anyone's ever liked him. But believe it or not, Michael, oh, Michael Gove is Scottish, which is shocking, by the way. How is he Scottish? But he is. He's from Aberdeen or something. Worst Scottish person ever, Frankie Bob described him as. I agree with that. That's not what you asked me, but I, that, that's all yeah, I can think yeah, of. That's fair. <laughs> Tony Blair is Scottish as well, isn't he? I think he has a Scottish parent and went to uni in Scotland or something. I'm not sure. But yeah. I think he was born too. But like, and he was maybe born in Scotland and moved. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, if 
I think of an answer, I'll, I'll give you one. But okay, think... so we're coming back to that. Okay, so we're starting off great. We're starting yeah. off strong. Yeah, so we're, uh, sort of look, we're looking back on my, uh, you know, 25th year and what I've been up to and stuff. But I mean, I'm, I have no idea what you're going to ask me because I just said you can have full reign of this. So You I'm did have full, you did say I could have full reign. And my first question is, name a Scottish celebrity you don't like anymore. And your answer was Michael Gove, someone who's never been liked by anyone. And, or, um, including me, because I didn't answer your question properly, just to be clear to the listeners. Okay, okay, cool. The first question I have for you, Jay, and this is for the well i think a, th- a lot of people a lot of creatives out there can relate to this but what was the first creative job that you got paid for and so, this can be as wide ver- wide uh, ver- variety as possible because not <laughs> every creative job is exactly an oscar winning uh either performance or script or anything but for you what was the first creative outlet that you actually received Right. Well, I don't know how creative this even is, but it's quite a good story because the first ever paid job I did in the industry was I was a runner on a Christmas German Donner Kebab advert in Edinburgh. And my friend got me last minute. I know it's so random. So I was actually working my old care job. I got a phone call. I was on a night shift, 24 hour shift. My mate Liv has been on the podcast before. She phoned me. She's like, Jamie, they need somebody tomorrow. Can you do it? And I was like, I guess, yeah, I'll take the first credit and blah, blah, blah. So I had to get like a taxi from work straight to this like random, lovely shoot in the middle of Edinburgh, do this Christmas kebab advert. Bizarre. But yeah, it was like a weird introduction to the to the industry. That was the first ever money I ever got paid. So yeah, as a runner, a Christmas kebab advert. Have you seen the Christmas kebab <laughs> Yeah. We'll, we'll put a link into it actually here, but it, it was mince. It, it was like Merry Kebab Miss Babes or something was like the punch. It was terrible. Oh, no. Was it one of the things where they tried to make it really cringy so it would actually yeah. go more It viral? was like Scottish in general. It wasn't, I don't even know if it was on TV, but yeah, it was It was, It was. was well made. It was just a very, very oddly made advert. I, I, yeah, didn't really get it, but yeah, it was a uh, laugh. Would it have been something that was seen outside of Scotland or just Scotland? I'm not sure because it was the JDK is the company, like the German Don Kebab, so I have no idea. It's yeah. on YouTube. I don't know. I never saw it on telly. And tell me, for that experience, was that just a one-day thing? It was a one-day thing, yeah. And tell me, what did you learn from it? What did I learn from it? I think I learned sort of a little bit about like what an actual professional production was like and that commercials make a lot of money compared to normal TV and film. You, people in commercials tend to get paid a lot of money and I don't think it's creatively satisfying personally, but that's, yeah. Push him! Push him! Come on! Rotated to you! It's stuck. Come on, Donna. Push! That's it! Come on! Keep pushing! (laughs) Come on! (laughs) Merry kebab, Miss Babes. Hmm. I'm going to lead up to the next question with this is one that's actually on a list that Jamie sent me. It did nothing on this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing of the sort no this is completely made up off the top of my head but Jamie for for the industry that we have decided to be in um, well I, actually no we didn't decide it was chosen for us I like to think there is generally more because who, who would do this who would actually actively choose to be this there are generally more downs than there is ups and mm-hmm. for me I feel that the downs are somewhat more important because that's what you learn everything from I 100, feel. 100% but for you what is your greatest creative failure <laughs> 
Yeah. So obviously I ask this question a lot. And then whenever you get asked it, you're like, oh my God, I should put, you know, I, I actually, I've thought a lot about this, right? I think my biggest creative failures, and I've had lots of ups and downs because it took me a long time to get to the sort of job I'm in now. And I'm still working my way in. I'm very happy in the job I do now as a script editor and stuff. I love it. I'm very like lucky to have got it. But to get there was hard. Like I did some random stuff. Like I was a COVID assistant for three months on a set last year. Did the kebab advert. I did some random short films, a lot of COVID work, you know, handing out masks. Like just not fun jobs, but like things that were necessary to sort of get the ball rolling i'd say my biggest failure though and i don't even know if this counts i think my biggest failure was being too stressed and worried about it the whole time and not just enjoying it for what it was i don't know i feel like i spent a lot of time worrying all the time you know being anxious about like am i going to succeed like and and letting that get in the way of the process i think that i don't know I, i think that i failed in that regard i think like if i could go back i would have just tried to enjoy it more and and learn from it more maybe instead of just being like unhappy and consider you know I consider giving up on it when I did that COVID job I was like I don't really know if I want to work in this industry like TV is rough and you know I also think just the writing stuff and things like that when I was studied a screenwriting master's I don't think I enjoyed that enough I think I found that too stressful and I wish in hindsight I'd maybe just try to write for the enjoyment instead of thinking too much about the grade and the outcome and stuff I don't know if that makes sense or if it's even a good it, it actually does I think the only thing that's making me laugh in my head is that Jamie is a 26 year old talking like an 86 year old who's given two months to live Jamie all every creative failure that you're talking about there is so easy easily rectified and and especially that you have the foresight to see that at your age is phenomenal and it's not something not everyone is born with that wisdom so yeah so in in that your greatest failure is just enjoying life more and you're 26 and you're single and you're an attractive man um <laughs> thank you joe living thank you working in working in the industry and working very hard yeah, I think you'll be fine. No, I, I like, listen. I, I know this too, though, and I'm just being honest. Like, I, I love. I just say that to the people all the time when they, they come to me because I, I, you know, I'm still not saying I'm great. At it. I'm still not saying I enjoy every day. I still worry and I still get anxious. But like, when people come up to me and they say like what would you have done differently or what, what, you know, what did you fail at when you were getting into this industry? And I think it was just, yeah, just being too, just, I just didn't enjoy it enough. I was too anxious and I, I worried too much. And I, I generally, you know, I think I just say to people that are younger, like, just chill, it's fine. So um, what, what have you done? Was there a certain moment where you just had like a eureka and you're like, no, this is the way it should be. Or was it just a gradual process? Yeah, it was a gradual process. I think it was getting into what, what I'm doing now. I think getting the training ship with STV drama was a massive turning point because it was the first time I was ever believed in by someone in the sense that they they took me on and they took a chance on me and they've been amazing. Like my boss, Claire, and my colleague, Zafi, like massive, I mean, I doubt they're listening, but like a massive shout out to them. Like they've really taken me in and like, made me feel like part of the team, made me feel welcome. And I think just from doing something you love, you realize, why didn't I not, you know, it was all, you know, it happened the way it did, but why didn't I not enjoy it before? Do you know what I mean? Why did I not like relax and stuff before I was working, like, you know, full time, maybe it would have been nicer to just go, it'll work out, you know? Yeah. But, that's, that's, I, I, but there is nothing like that because you can have all the self-belief in the world in yourself but unless someone else is kind of actively saying like we believe in you that that's different you know mm. you you like it, you can kind of bang your head against the wall and do everything you possibly can do but unless someone actually puts their hand on your shoulder and goes you're doing a great job and we want you like to continue doing a great job yeah it hits differently and it really does make you feel important so i'm really delighted you're you're feeling that now and that you got there and from jamie mckinley that were you 17 or 18 when you went to college yeah 18 yeah 18 18. 
When you were 18 and you went to Edinburgh, didn't you? I went to, well, not Edinburgh, you know, not quite. I would never, a peasant like me would never get into there, mate. Um, I have no idea. Okay, I have no idea. <laughs> I went to the other, members. I went to the other two unis in Edinburgh, which would have probably referenced on the podcast before if like, the interview we did sort of last year for Rebecca and stuff. But like, yeah, I went to Queen Margaret and um, I went to Napier. The two unis in Edinburgh are sort of seen as less than Edinburgh Uni, but yeah, I went to them. Well, not by this podcast or its listeners. When you walked in the doors of whichever Edinburgh University we're talking about on your first day when you were 18 years old, yeah. where did did you see your life going? Where did you, where did you see, where was, what was the dream for James dream, McKinney? I honestly didn't know really. I think the dream was I wanted to do something creative. I nearly became an actor for a bit. I nearly went to do a dra- acting and drama course because I didn't get into uni because I failed maths. Then a week before my college course, I got a phone call saying, you failed maths, but you can still come. We'll let you in. We've got spaces. <laughs> so it was a bit like, fuck, I'm moving and like, this is a big, you know, change and stuff. So yeah, I moved to like do this uh, theatre and film course and I wanted to be a director. I thought, I love The Godfather. I love, you know, just a typical like naive 18, you know, did not know cinema at all either, by the way. We're talking like The Godfather, Pulp Fiction, Submarine, like these films, which are all good, but that's not cinema. And I thought I'm going to be a director. Very, very quickly realised you're not, you're not going to be a director. This is not the, the job for you. And like, it's just, you know, and that's fine. And to be honest, I didn't really know. I, I, I just floated about thinking, I like the area I'm in I don't know what, what I want to do with it so I didn't really know I just was like I want to give this a go that was my only real idea so did you move out and everything at 18? moved out and everything yeah which was a struggle to begin with I didn't I struggled for a while making friends I used to go home every weekend and like instead of settling in but you know I got there eventually have you got the first any bit of advice if there's any 18 year olds or 17 year olds moving out of the family household what any advice for them what they should do on their first day again like similar maybe this is just something that's become a theme of my life but I think just enjoy it like try and not worry too much and just just let just go with the flow as you can probably sense like the theme here is I'm an anxious freak at the end of the day and I used to just worry all the time always worried always worried what's going to happen oh you know just I wish I just take it took a breath and put myself out there a bit more than I maybe did at the time so yeah probably that okay and so do you see yourself the future being in podcasting and in whatever like script editing is that where you want to be um, in, in yeah foreseeable is it a script writer or is it well this is again thinking about the failure question I feel like my answer maybe as well could have been better one another thing I'd say I think I failed that so I know I'm not really answering your question but it kind of all will tie in but like um, are, you, are you sure you aren't a, a politician because yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> I know I felt like such a Matt Hancock answer I am I know I'm not answering your question no the thing is like I, I think as well like I don't think I put I don't think I did enough at uni outside of the course which I wish I'd done I wish I'd went and got more experience in the industry then and then really looked into what the rules are because I didn't know what script that I was until I did my master's like two years ago and I didn't even consider it as a job like it's very similar to being a screenwriter in the sense that you're getting creatively you're satisfied creatively you're doing a lot of similar things it's just a different sort of way of doing it but like you know, it, it's, it's a great job. And I don't think enough people know about these type of jobs in the industry. Like people don't think about, you know, everyone wants to be a director or a writer, which is great because they're fun jobs. And, you know, I get why people want to do them. But no one considers being like, for example, a casting director or a producer or, you know, I don't think enough people think about these jobs as an option. So, yeah, I just wish in uni and stuff, I'd maybe looked into more stuff like that. But yeah, I, I kind of am very happy where I am now. I love, you know, I, I love doing this podcast as well. They're very different, but they sort of cross over a bit. So I see my future hopefully continuing on just doing both of these and we'll see what happens yeah see what well, happens. tell us what is the role of a script editor then yeah this would, would be in the know so I think this is a really good question you asked me and I'm hoping to do a special on the podcast where I maybe get one of my colleagues on to go into this more but like at the brief sort of description is a script editor you're sort of working with a writer to take their idea from the start to the end where you're going to go into production so there's two types you get a development script editor and a production script editor so on production say you're filming a show the script editor's job would maybe to be like make amends to the script 
between the, the sort of production and the writer. So you maybe be on set for a day. You can't film a certain scene because the, the location changes last minute. You maybe have to phone the writer and say, how do we make this scene work without compromising the story? And then you'd communicate that to the director and the team and make amends to the script that, that are necessary. But the sort of more the job I do now is as a development script editor is, it, you know, I'll, I'll maybe work with writers to come up with an idea from the start. So we'll storyline, we'll give them notes on their scripts, various drafts, make changes, like research ideas. Like, you know, today, this morning at work, what one of my jobs was literally researching like terminal illnesses that could be detected in urine what a random I mean for a script that's such a random thing to research you know but like that's the sort of thing I have to do someday I just my google search history is bizarre so yeah okay that's fair enough and so for you if you were to I'm trying to phrase this question now in the best way but you are you hoping to be a a script writer eventually is that what the ultimate goal is do you think are you happy in the see this is me like trying to avoid that answering that because it's something I think about a lot because obviously I did a screenwriting degree and I was a writer for a long yeah. time um I'm not sure if I'm honest and I think people might see this as a failure because they're like well Jamie's given up I have I wouldn't say given up but I think I realized I think I had to admit to myself I'm not sure I have the patience to be a writer and I think I don't I think I'm, I see myself as a storyteller still because I, I mean I think podcasts is a form of storytelling to an extent I would never rule out going back into writing but having worked on the other side of it I know how hard it is to become a professional writer and I know how much of a struggle it is. And I, right now I'm very not, I don't feel in the right mindset to want to do that right now because it, it was hard and you have to deal with rejection and it's going to a blank page and stuff really hard, but I wouldn't rule out. I've got lots of ideas and I think I'm having, I, I'm, I'm aware enough that I'm an all right writer. I don't think I'm a great writer, but I think I'm okay. I could probably write a few things that would be good. So maybe in the future, yes, I would love to. I'd love to write a book one day as well. I'd love to write a book about the podcast and what I've learned from it and how people, as like a sort of guide to people yeah. getting into the arts. There's something I'd, I'd really like to do in the next 10 years. It's just a pipe dream, but you know. And yeah, I, I think, I'd, I think, I think I'd like to write some scripts as well, like one day, because, you know, something I talk about is I'd love to put my hometown on screen and that's something I'd, whether that's when I'm in my 40s, I don't know, in my life, I'd like to give that a go, but you know, who knows? We'll see. And what do you do for downtime? Like you do, you sp- it's podcasting and it's it's work. Some very creative industries, which is fantastic. <laughs> but I, I know that you're a heartbroken football fan the majority of the time as well. Oh God, what- Christ! I know, I know. We can we can like cry. Speak it, here, we're speaking but- in a week that we just got thumped four 0 by yeah. Liverpool and it's nine 0 on aggregate. Yeah, being a Man United fan's rough right now, isn't it? So glad you're here. Absolutely. Yeah, glad I'm, I'm here to commiserate with you. But for you, like, what what do you do to kind of just take your mind off things? See, this is something I'm, I don't think I'm very good at, Joe. And I don't know if you feel like this as a creative person. I know you're sort of working a lot as well. And you do, you got your Man United, like YouTube stuff you do. And you got your job in the bar and you write and you put plays on. And we're both, I feel like we're both living it all the time. I feel like, I don't know if you're the same, but I, I struggle to switch off from it sometimes. I feel like I'm always, my mind's always a little bit on the podcast or a little bit on the work. So that's something I'm really trying now to get a bit better at. I don't know. I like going to the pub at the weekend, but I feel like that's not really a hobby, is it? Yeah, no, I, it is if you're Celtic. Yes, yes. I don't know. I love. I just like spending time with people. I love. I'm a very social person. I like being around people a lot. So just being with friends and family. Like that's that's how my that's how I like to live. So I love walking as well. I try to walk every day. Like that's something I, a very random bit of advice. But I generally think just getting outside once a day and going for a walk makes such a difference to my mental health. Anyway. So yeah, I love. I love hiking. I love going out and just being outside. That's that's something that's very helpful to me and and does a lot for me. Yeah. Jamie, you're on a boat. Okay. <laughs> All right. Love it. The boat, the boat crashes. Don't worry. You're the only person that was on the boat for whatever reason. You end up on a deserted island. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing there. You can bring one album and one book and one 
item from your house that cannot be used for 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 swimming or for building a boat what do you bring right see for the item i don't know if this counts right but so this whenever i'm really stressed right this this is a comfort drink of mine right peppermint tea i love it i love it i have one i have peppermint tea like i've maybe two or three cups every night before i go to bed i just i don't know sun soothing about it so if i could bring like a mug a kettle and a supply of peppermint tea bags would that be allowed that's too much you have like i said one thing one thing if i bring peppermint tea and i'm able to make boiling water myself with a fire that would work right are you that industrious? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. Are you, I, I, I was a scout. I was a scout. I mean, you don't want to start a fire. Like, I'm not saying you can't do it, but, like, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. I, well, what items? I'm trying to think, like, what else you would really bring on a boat. I mean, maybe just, can I bring a pair of headphones? But then what am I listening to? You know what I mean? No. Okay. Yeah. You have a CD. Therefore, you have the capability on this island that's deserted <laughs> to listen to said CD. Okay. Oh, fuck. I need to think of this album I'm going to bring. That's such a tough question. There's so many albums. I've always thought about what I'd take to my Desert Island discs and stuff. But an album, that's so rough. That's really hard. I'm trying to think what my favorite album is. I've got a lot, but maybe Suck It and See Arte Monkeys means a lot to me as an album. Mm, so, okay. uh, a, a tough choice. Their, is that their fourth third album? Fourth third album. album. Yeah. 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 Why that? That's an interesting choice. Uh, at the end of the day, when Push comes to I think they're probably my favourite band. And I think that particular album has a lot of meaning for me here. So that was like my sort of teenage album. So maybe that, yeah. If that's not true. that, then, I mean, I know I'm not allowed to answer, but like the other album I was considering was maybe something like the best of the Beatles because you're getting a lot of different options or like the best of Motown or something. Because again, you're getting like a lot of options, but I'll go with the first one. Go with Suck and See. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And it's funny that Suck and See is your... Teenage one, mine is. What's the first album called again? Whatever people say, I am. People say about I'm yeah. not. Yeah, that that's my teenage um, album. So. I mean, I like that. I like them all, but that was the one that you know particularly I, I'd listen to the most. Yeah. Very interesting. This is really, really hard. See, I love, I, I do read like, quite regularly, but I, I, I'm, and I often think like, what's a book that's really, really like spoke to me? But I think I'm going to go Nation by Terry Pratchett, which I think is one of the best children's books ever written. And it's it, it's about being on an island and surviving after like a tidal wave and stuff. So I think it'd be quite apt <laughs> for that. Terry Pratchett's a great writer and it reminds me of home and stuff. And I, I'd love to be able to adapt that book one day, whether that be as a producer or as like a, the person writing it. That's something I'd love to adapt one day as well. Oh, very interesting. And you you know, for me, I come from a somewhat cinema background. I'm, I had a podcast around for a year, which I'm myself, you, Jamie, spoke you're about. It's going to get back to. to. You're going yeah, to get back. Yeah, my life is somewhat more uh, sustainable in yeah. London now that I can make it happen. It was a year ago last week, Joe, that we did the Oscar things. It came up and I was like, how's that been a year? Oh my God. Remember, they were great. Fun. Yeah, great crack though. But they they will be back. They will be back. I promise. Yeah. Joe talks pod. Uh, oh, sorry. Joe talks the hunt for the greatest movie ever. Joe talks pod is my Twitter handle. Uh, yeah. Which follow, him. follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Follow. 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 <laughs> but for you, was there any particular moment in cinema? I'm not allowed TV in this, but I prefer a movie that affected you, whether it was a scene or even if, if it was a whole movie that really affected you. Because I'm asking this because there was a movie in particular that I saw in Sweden. I'll, I'll, I'll answer this for me. No, go please do. I'm I'll, very curious. And then I'll give you a chance to think that it was called, I think, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. Uh, which is by Kaufman. He wrote Internal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Yeah, he wrote yeah, yeah. 
wrote Spike Jones directs them. It's being John Malkovich and Charlie Kaufman. But it's basically this incredibly dark and depressing look through this guy's life who was like you get like it's it's impossible to explain but it's basically this guy who's supposed to felt like he was going to achieve great things and ended up just being completely and utterly mediocre and Jesse Buckley's in it she's phenomenal Jesse Plemons is in it David I can't pronounce the second name but it's uh, the guy from Fargo season three mm. David Twillis He's also in the a Dragon Heart <laughs> and uh, Tony Collette is in it and it's shook me it took me about three months to get over it. And wow. what, what, but it actually, I think it's not a film I'm ever going to watch again. And maybe it wouldn't have had the effect on me that it did if other than if yeah, it was yeah, a very yeah. particular time in my life. But it just was like this. I'd never had such an experience. But then when I got to what I eventually got myself through and hell, what got me through it was like, this is this guy's perception of what life is. And just because he made a movie doesn't mean he's right. It just means this is his life and you're seeing it. And he lives a very depressing life. Like very, there's no very little joy in it. There's very little, very little escape. It's all just bitter and sad. And and I just thought, well, this guy's is a, is a multi Oscar winning writer, and I think it's his first time directing. Yeah, but I mean, he knows the way life is supposed to be lived. So that for me is a movie most recently that affected me. It really affected me. Really, yeah. really affected me and took me a long time to get over. Not in the most positive light, but I think it eventually became positive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a recent example. I don't know if you saw the Whacking Phoenix film a few months ago, like last year, called Come On, Come On. And I can't no, even remember oh, is that. that. Is that yeah. what the father and son? It's like he's like his nephew and they go around the country and he goes around the country interviewing kids about their life and stuff. Basically his character and it's about his, he has to look after his nephew for a few days. That's like the sort of con- concept of the film. Yeah. I can't remember the director's name. They did, um, oh my God, I can't even remember the other names of the films, which is shocking. I remember... I'll, yeah, I'll put a link in or something. Like, I'll come, but the film's come on, come on. I loved it. Hello, it's future Jamie here. Um, I just wanted to quickly say that the film director, I couldn't remember the name of, is Mike Mills. And Mike Mills has directed a number of other successful films, which I also couldn't remember there. Um, and the films I was thinking of were 20th Century Women and Beginners, which are both very good films as well. Um, so there you go. That was what I could not remember. And I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. It's one of my favourite films of last year, but that affected me in a similar way where like there's a scene without spoilers at the end of the film where like he has this really lovely moment with his nephew and there's little nephews that his nephew asks him, well, I remember this. And obviously when you're a kid, you don't really remember like specific things at a certain age. And he knows that his nephew will never really remember the beauty of this moment, but he always will. And there was something really sad about that because it reminds you of being a child and it reminds you of, you know, time passing and the innocence of childhood. And it just did that in that film so well. It was like very raw. And, and they used real interview footage from kids and stuff. It was really okay. mad. But it, it was very visceral. And it, it, I don't know, I, I, I felt quite, I, you know, it was a gut feeling. It get, I was like, oh, Jesus, it, it made me feel things. So I know what you mean. It stayed with me for yeah. a bit as well. In a positive think, and negative way. I don't know how to explain it. Same with this. This was like, it was negative, but now it's positive, that experience. For me. Mm. But I think it's when you get older and when you just start experiencing life more, you start seeing movies as being reflection, yeah. reflections of life. Like I, not just movies, but all art forms as reflections of life, not just people. I don't know, this sound, might sound weird. It's not just people doing things. Like you start realizing that like, well, no matter what the film is, the writer or director and the actors, ideally if it's a great film, are all personally invested and giving a part of them to it. And then you're like, oh, this isn't just people making, like it's not real, but it's real. You know it's reflecting I mean? life. It, that's what yeah. great cinema does, though, isn't it? Or it's what great art does. That's what like TV and film, it, it reflects an emotion on screen and puts, it into, puts an emotion into words that you maybe couldn't feel otherwise. Yeah. 
Hello, it's Jamie here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it, it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash job, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. Speaking of effect, of all the guests you had on this show, oh. I'm not going to ask you who your favorite was because <laughs> he's speaking right now. <laughs> but was there any particular story or even just entire interview that affected you the most? Yeah, there's been a couple, actually. There's been a couple. But the thing is, right, this is the, well, I think we'd recorded like 70 episodes, 75 are out just now. There's been a lot of conversations in, over the last year and a half. And I, I learned something from every interview. And I don't just, and I'm not making that up. Like, generally, I get, I've become, you were saying earlier, like, I sound all wise and stuff. But I think doing this podcast has made me a much more aware of, emotionally aware and reflective and able to maybe say things I would never be able to say otherwise because you're having a deep conversation every week or whatever. Um, but there's a couple of interviews maybe that stand out that I think I mentioned this a couple of times, but there was an interview with a guy called Christopher Lee Power who was an actor. He is, he's still alive. I don't know if I'm saying it was an actor. He, he, is, he is an actor. A bit of an older guy from Liverpool or the or the world or something. So maybe I shouldn't say Liverpool because I get offended by that. But he'd had this incredible life and he opened up about it and he sort of got quite emotional and cried a little bit in the interview. And I, I felt that too. I we were both, you know, somebody was open. He was opening up a lot. He was being very open, and that that that's quite. I really really like it when people are willing to come on this and be themselves and open up. And I think that's really effective. And he talked about his life story and stuff. And I, I mean, I was very grateful to him for it. But that did affect me, yeah, in a positive way though. I, I thought it was very nice to, for him to share his experiences like that. It is very funny that like that's what I really like about the show is that it just gives people an opportunity to just speak yeah. you know about about their past about everything i actually like and it's like because people don't generally just get listened to or get asked to talk about themselves really and like i i was speaking to someone the other day in, in my pub someone i work with me and we're just having a quick conversation and he's just started breaking down and i was like and he just said no one it's weird like he started breaking down because he, he's italian and he misses mom and she's getting older and he's worried he's going to lose her and even though she's well now and he started crying and i was like oh it's okay and he's like think he said the thing about this city and it, it is true in london and i think a lot of people in london can attest to this they're listening to this yeah. is that no one listens to anyone like everyone's just trying to get from a to b no matter what the situation is. And he yeah. says he's lived there for 12 years. And he says he's never been able to really speak to anyone because people are just trying to rush by him. That, that's, that's so that's so sad though, isn't it? And I, But that's why I think podcasting is such a great medium because when else they're really in our life, I know maybe you do because I, I try to do it outside of the podcast too, but like how often do you really sit down with somebody without having your phone on and chat for an hour yeah. and just 
you know, like we are doing now. Like, I don't think people do that enough. So I think the connection of this has changed my life. Like genuinely, yeah. like I feel like a much happier, better person from just chanting something new every week like this. But I also think the opportunity to get something to do, but even listening to this, I think is a, I because I listen to podcasts all the time. I think just getting to hear people talk in long form is really he- healthy and can take so many ideas from it. And yeah, I just think there's something beautiful about it. And that, that's why I, that's the main thing I get from doing this podcast. It's not about how many people listen, which obviously I'm not, I'm human. I do care about that, but like, yeah. You know, I love the idea that people can can listen and be honest and have these conversations about life and, you know, how we're feeling mental health and, and the industry and how we got there. And, you know, I don't think a lot of shows have people in our position from the industry in it. You know, yeah. you, usually a podcast that's about the, the arts is somebody who's made it and, they, and about yeah. how they got there. This is people like us who are ongoing. We're still on the journey. And yeah. we're being very honest. Like you were very honest when you were on your episode, like a year ago, when you talked about like how you were still working in the hospital and, you know, maybe it hadn't worked out how you wanted it to and stuff. I think that people getting to hear that is yeah. so, is brilliant and very, very important. So what was your funniest celebrity encounter? Now, this is really good. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you know Craig Roberts from Submarine? Yeah. I went to see his film two years ago at the Glasgow Film Festival. And I love Craig Roberts. I love Submarines. It's one of my favourite films. He was in Tracy yeah. Beaker, Rio Wellard. He was a Young Dracula. All these things I watched as a kid. So I've seen Craig Roberts on screen my whole life, effectively, right? Since yeah. I was five. I went to see his film. He, he was there to introduce it. I was in the bathroom of the, I think it's the GDFT in Glasgow, or whatever it's called. He was in the bathroom. I instant, instinctively felt like I knew him. So I said, hello, nodded at him. And he doesn't know who the fuck I am. So he was looking at me like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he saying hello to me? I'm going to piss. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. So Craig Roberts, if I ever get to meet him, I just need to apologize. For I did not mean to say hello to him in the bathroom like that. But it was bizarre. Did you I didn't I didn't see anything like that, I'm afraid, no. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a massive cock, actually, yeah. That's You want to get him on the show, you got to say these things. I remember only a couple of weeks ago, because the bar I work in, Philomena's in Holborn, is right at the West End, where the latest parents open. I'm doing a lot of promotion for them here. But we get a lot of West, a lot of West End actors, and we get a lot of techies and, you know, art directors, blah, 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 to come in. Kind of a somewhat a niche one, but anyone who's a fan of the producer's movie or I've seen Hercules, the singing voice of Hercules, uh, Roger Bart, and uh, who's in producers, and he recognised if you've never seen him before, a great American stage actor as well as film actor. But he came in, and he was walking towards the entrance. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, that's guy looks like Roger Bart but like dressed up as an old man and then he came in and he was ordered a Guinness and I was like oh my god that is Roger Bart dressed up as an old man and I literally all I could say was I love you and he, he was like what and I was like I love you I'm, I was like I'm so sorry I just think you're amazing I've seen you this and this and this and he was like oh my god thank you so much and we had a bit of a chat and stuff like that and then that's I, class I served him and we went over chat a bit more and he was leaving he shook my hand and he told me he's in Back to the Future on the West End yeah. and that's why he was dressed up as an old man because he's playing Doc yeah. Brown uh, in the musical apparently his accent so we should go see it we were chatting and he, I haven't seen I've seen him once or twice since but he said he's going to come in and get me tickets and we'll hang out so that's that amazing. was really well hopefully it ends up being a really cool uh, get, him on the, get, get him on the Oscars podcast mate oh Jesus Christ uh, <laughs> I, I can I can try I can try but uh, I'm not one for subtlety so I'm sure I'd probably just say you're really not Joe I love it but like I remember when we first met because I mean we'd got to meet now a few times it's great in real life which again what's so good about this podcast I've made genuine friendships which is class but we went I remember came down and we had Connor O'Boyle on the podcast the episode would be in a few weeks great great oh, yeah. great episode but like I met literally I'd never met this guy you're like Jamie get him on your podcast just straight away there was not even any like smart you're like Jamie get this guy it was, it was brilliant you're just you're very bold I, I admire I, that yeah I'm yeah like I said straight in you know no dinner 
I just it's just a case of Connor is fantastic and it's just which episode's coming out first. And this will be out first, yeah. yeah. So when, when Connor's episode is on, which should be in a couple of weeks, make sure you listen to it because he's working in the mental health. Side. It was one of the I wouldn't say best conversations I've had, but it was so different to any conversation I've had before. And you talk about what it's affected me. That one really was yeah. so inspiring to have. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely fantastic. And he also does incredible neck massages. Oh, amazing. Like like vocal massages, like literally on your neck, like just pulling muscles. I never even had the concept of getting a massage on my neck before. Like I never thought of it. I just thought, you know the way you just think of your neck, it's just like a straight line that goes it's down to where, yeah. yeah, it's just there. Where And the rest of the pain is down downstairs everywhere. Yeah. But like he just, he just pulled the muscle. And I was like, oh my God, I've never thought I could feel this relaxed. Love it. And, uh, so although that won't, you know, it, that doesn't work as well in podcast mode. If anyone ever does see Conor Boyle in person, make him give you a vocal massage because it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving, we kind of covered a little bit that you have the advice you have for up-and-comers. But what advice do you have for yourself? Myself, my yeah. word. That is tough. That's a really, really tough one to add. I think my advice to myself, and I, I feel like there's a theme here. People are the listeners are like, Jimmy, you said this. Like, I genuinely am trying right now to just go off the flow and not worry too much. Obviously, it's good to have a plan and have a rough idea where like my career to end up. But like I'm trying to just like, you know, just go with the flow a bit more and let things happen to me and just, you know, in the sense, I don't know, it's just not overthink and worry all the time and just try and enjoy the job and 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 be curious and learn learn from guests on the podcast learn from writers at work and how we can you know become the best script editor the best podcaster like that's probably a boring answer but like i don't know that's just something i'm thinking a lot about now just being okay be, being okay with who i am I, I don't know this take me a long time but i've, I've finally started to feel quite comfortable with myself and, and i don't know I've, it's taken me a long time to get there and i'm just trying to be okay with who i am and be me they say that's a great answer by the way jamie before i go i'm going to say something a bit silly now but like that was a great answer um so go for it please job. And that should be clipped and sent around everywhere. They say, Jamie, before the age, I think it is 32, that you will hear the funniest joke you've ever heard in your entire life. So I'm wondering, do you have a great joke that you like to pull out? So recently, I don't know if there's the best joke ever, but I'm obsessed with Lemmy. I've been watching like his Lemmy Twitch clips on YouTube all the time, right? And he, this isn't his joke, but he, he just said it there. Dad. I'd never heard it. It's a classic Scottish joke, right? It's just simple. It's like basically a man walks into a baker's and says, is that a donut or am I wrong? So it's like, I'm a rang. There you go. I'm a rang. Okay, I get it. You don't have to explain it. I Fuck it. that up. It's very terribly. good. Yeah. It's very, very good. It's very, very good. Okay, Jamie. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna do five jokes in a row, all right? Yes. And every time you laugh at one of these jokes, you have to name a celebrity you'd like to get in a fight with and beat up. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Every time you laugh, you have five options. If you don't laugh, if you don't giggle, you don't have to name a celeb, all right? Yeah. But if I get you for all five, you have to name someone that you interviewed as part of the podcast who you feel you could take down in a fight. Okay? It doesn't mean you want to fight them. I'm giving you that out there. Okay? But you, if you laugh at all five, you have to think who you could beat up in, in, a, in a fight. Same. All right? Same. Same. Are you in? Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. Where do you learn to make a banana split? Where? Sunday school. <laughs> That counts as a laugh, right? That's, that's the most certainly it is a laugh. So, I have to, so, so I have next, to get a celebrity I'd love to fight. To, You'd love, no, you'd love to you, who you want to beat up. I don't really want to beat up anyone because I, I don't predone violence, but for the purposes of this bet, ah, we'll go Boris Johnson because he's a prick and, it, and, it, and an absolute disgrace to this country. But there you go. 
That's a good safe answer. I don't think anyone. Uh, very, very safe answer, though, right? But, okay, but, but, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to alter it from fighting. I'm going to change it to you take them down a peg or two. Yes, okay, that's better. Okay. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that okay? We're all, yeah, we're yeah, all yeah, PC yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What has more letters than the alphabet? What? The post office. Oh, God. <laughs> I've heard that one before. That was a sort of slight smile, right? I think I can get it. It was. I heard if anyone is checking back, if Elliot wants to do a slow motion, there was a little giggle. Oh, God. There was a little giggle there, yeah. There was a little um, giggle. You know, I'd love to take down a peg or two, right? I used to, I'd, Oasis are great, obviously, but Noel Gallagher, he just, he's just, he kind of, I used to really like his interviews, but he's kind of doing my nothing now. He's a bit much like, he, I could be doing, getting a wee peg, taking down a wee peg or two, I reckon. No, I Gallagher. agree with you on that. Yeah, he's just lost his way completely and he's just yeah. an arrogant. Yeah. yeah. So Do you know that Liam Gallagher approached him and said, like, he was skint and said, could you just give me some residuals from, because he's only written one Oasis song, Liam Gallagher, and he refused yeah. it. And he was like, but you know, it wouldn't have been anything without me. And he was like, I don't care. So. There you go. Bit of a prick. Okay, okay. Next one, next one, next one. Three more. Dad, did you get a haircut? I've already laughed. No. So there you go. See, it's about the delivery as well, Joe. It's not just about the joke, isn't it? It's about the delivery. Wait, sorry, finish, but, finish, finish. No, I got them all cut. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. So next one, third on the list. Who do you want to take down a peg or two? I'd love to take Morrissey down a peg or two as well. Um, Bash it. He's a five. Morrissey. Oh, Morrissey. Yeah, yeah he's, sorry, he's, just, he's become a, he's a bit of a fascist, isn't he? Like, do you know what I mean? Sad. The Smiths are great and now he's coming out all that he's going about with Britain First badges on. It's just it's sad. He's been doing it forever and the fact is he's Irish too, which makes it even I know, worse. I know, I know. There you go. Okay. Two more. Two more. There we, there we go. Where do boats go when they're sick? <laughs> I've already got you. <laughs> it's just so, so daft, man. I love it. To the boat dock. Jesus. I think it's you already laughed. You, I know. Are you getting these on the back of crackers or something? Like? I, they're basically now. I'm, trying to, I'm doing for it so bad it's good situation. I think. Uh, yeah. Okay, go on. Next one. Who's on the list? Who's on the list? I'm trying to think of like celebrities that are... Oh, who's that guy um, who did the you know, the guy from One Direction? Is it Liam Payne or something? Oh, he did the weird that interview. horrible... I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Like that whole... that Just for the pure cringe of that and like abandoning your accent. Taking him down yeah. a bigger too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, last one. If I get this, then you have to do whatever I said you have to do at the beginning. Yeah. I don't trust those trees. Mm-hmm. They seem kind of shady. Did you see we tried not to laugh there? <laughs> I saw. I saw it physically, you holding it in, but it all came uh, out. Yeah, so to finish okay. it off, who is number one on your take down a peg or two, the Jamie McKinley kill list? <laughs> the be- kill list work too. There's been on the podcast. I was just I have to give a celebrity, then the next. Uh celebrity and then from the podcast. Celebrity. I'm trying to think of another celebrity that's that's sort of annoying. Um I'm trying to think who's been like in the news maybe recently that's it's just a bit bit nippy or something. I would uh, say for me, if you want to know who my one is. Yeah, please, uh, please. It's basically any Manchester United footballer, but in particular Jesse Lingard. Ooh, that's very specific. I don't I don't have a lot. Okay. You know what? This is my answer then, Joe, right? The entire Man United first team right now. Get together, lads. Come on. Yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. You're getting paid good money. Just just put it up. I, I, listen, I get football's hard and we maybe criticise football's too much, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, they don't a lot of money. Just play. Do your job. Just yeah. end like Roy Keane. Okay. Do your job. That's his job. Um, so the entire Man United first team is my answer for that. And then exactly. um, from the podcast, who, who do you reckon I could... You said, who do you think I could take in a fight? 
Who are you taking the fight or how many? You, you, what, you said you've interviewed 75? Is yeah. it 78 now? Well, 75 released. How, yeah. To make it a bit easier, how many of them? Not one by one, not one after the other. Like, not all coming at you. You have a day of rest every time and you're fully recovered and fully fit. <laughs> but out of the 78, how many of them do you think you could beat up in, in, a, in fisticuffs? None. There you go. What? Okay, well, it's true for me. I, I definitely beat you up, but still, I'll, I'll still take it. Joe, I'm, I'm too. This is a positive environment. I would never hit a previous guest. They're all, they're all. Part I, know, of, I know, I know. Part this of the is family. A magical world. I know. Okay, I'm of, the best. All right, there you go. I'll give you an answer. I'll give you an answer, Elliot. Go. I take you down, mate. I take you down. I beg your pardon. Oh, that's what I was hoping for. That's me, what I me was and Elliot, Me and Elliot are like, obviously love the boy to bits and we're a team doing this, but we bicker so much about this podcast and we're just like, you're phoning each other, like, you know, you need to change this. And he's like, we well, need to speak into the mic. And yeah. So, you know, we could have a wee, wee scrap. I think it would be help, healthy. Yeah, that's true. But do speak into the mic properly. Was there ever a time, maybe throughout this, or was there a time when yourself and Elliot weren't on the best of terms? Me and Elliot have always... We'd known each other for like what I think twenty years or something mad. We'd always been on pretty good terms. We we have little fallouts now and again, but never like more than a few days. It's never over anything important. It's like little trivial. Elliot's a difficult person sometimes, you know. Just as difficult as you, sweetheart. Listen, we rub each other the wrong way because we're close. Close friends do that. We're like siblings, but yeah. never really. We'd always got on really well, um, and it's a joy to it's a joy to work with him. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing with, with friends like that. Like I have friends that I've had for my entire life that I don't particularly like anymore, but <laughs> but I have to hold on to them because they're just too ingrained in my life. I'm obviously not saying that you and Elliot aren't great friends, but I'm just saying that sometimes people become more than just friends and become family just for the fact of just constantly being there. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any particular highlight of yourself and Elliot's friendship? Well, I want to say, aside from starting this podcast, but yeah. is there any like trip you did we, away yeah. or anything? We did the talent show together in high school and we came second and that was pretty special. Who came first? Uh, some sort of singer who did a Lemmy's song. I, I think we were robbed personally. I completely agree with you. I don't even know who this person is. Probably was Susan Boyle. Uh, she's Scottish. Um, <laughs> but if someone... Do you remember what Lemmy's song it was? Oh, I, it was something so obvious. Like It was like the most obvious one. What's the main one called again? Like the, I Dreamed the Dream. Boring. Oh. Oh my we, god, it was we, we did like Miles Kane, don't forget you are or something indie, like do you know what I mean? We should have won it. But and who was what what were each of you doing? I just we just I'm I can't I'm talentless compared to Elliot. I can just sing and he can play the guitar and sing. So we did a duet. Um ah. we, we covered it on the fifth day actually, so people have heard us do it. Um yeah. I remember that. I couldn't remember mm. I remember you covered, but I don't know that song. So yeah, I don't remember yeah, we covered that, that. And then the head teacher made did the most awkward and remember, kids, don't forget who you are. And we were like, Oh Jesus Christ. Please uh, never say that ever again. But yeah, there you go. That was a pretty special moment. How was your high school experience? You say high school, I say secondary school, but I said high school for the pur- purpose of this. I appreciate that, Joe. I appreciate You're that. We, we call it either. Um, my high school experience was mixed. I was never very popular. I was never unpopular. I was one of those sort of float between kids. I got bullied a bit in first and second year, to be perfectly honest, because I was just a nice little kid. People people didn't appreciate that. But no, I didn't. I didn't succeed. I was, I was just shy and awkward in high school. I'm not saying I'm not them things now, but... I definitely love one of those people that have done a bit better in their mid-20s as opposed to their early 20s and late teens. I feel like I've really come into my own in the last two or three years. So, yeah, it was okay. I, I don't well, miss I had, it. Yeah, I think that's a, a common thread amongst the majority of people. So you're certainly not alone with that. But what for you was the turning point that got you from, was well, you say you're, you're shy and awkward. I, I would disagree. I would say you're definitely a little bit shy and a little bit awkward, but in a very charming, endearing and perfectly lovely oh, and wonderful way. 
Yeah, I take that. But what you say that it was like mid twenties on was was it getting yeah. the gig what, or what was it that can is there a pinpoint moment where you feel like that's that was a growing moment? For you? Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I say mid twenty. I wasn't like I was. I did enjoy my early twenty. I think doing the masters was the turning point for me. That changed my life because I was like suddenly with the people I needed to be around. Finally, I'd arrived. I arrived on the masters, and I've not looked back since. It's been it's, the last three years have been amazing. I've loved them all. It's been. I just feel like I'm doing what I want to do finally, which is amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. Just get a real Jamie, we are coming close to the end of this now. Thank you so much for having me on and allowing. Thanks, me to thanks for hosting. Of, yeah, no problem. I know, Jamie, you are quite the I don't know, hard worker. Seems like a very mundane way of saying it, <laughs> but um, I want you to give yourself a message for you're 26 now. Well, you're 25. 20, now, 26 in like four days. Yeah. In like four days. So <laughs> the day this comes out, I'm turning 26. There you go. There. So to 52 year old Jamie, who hopefully the world is not in, in boiled in flames and we're living on a distant planet, but who's going to be listening back to this podcast, uh, curious about what he was thinking right now on four days for his 26th year. What do you want to say to him? Well, do you have any words for yourself in the future? That's an unusual way of asking because usually people ask like, "What would you say to your past self?" But there's something you know. I think that's really interesting because it's something I've been thinking about a lot. Is like, what am I, what am I, what are the things that would matter to me on my deathbed or whatever? If say I was to die tomorrow, like, what are the three things or I'd maybe look back and I'd go, "I wish I'd done them or had I done them." But I think I'd probably just say to my fifty year old self, like, "I'd like to think I just hope you'd live the life you wanted to live and not the life somebody else wanted you to live." And it's not over. And it's not over, hopefully. But you do you know what I mean? I think at fifty-two, like yeah. it's more over than it maybe is at twenty-six. So fucking hell, Jamie. Jesus ah, that's Christ. That's bla- that's cut that. You cut that. Yeah, you didn't get me to swear throughout this whole thing as being a good boy, but that's yeah. gonna cut it. You can swear me. if you want. Listen, right? Well, re- you know, but what? Oh. I think okay. Oh, just, no, we're not redoing it. We're not redoing the question. I needed your authenticity. That's just a fact, talking. though, right? You are closer to death at fifty-two statistically than you are at twenty-six, right? So, but we don't know what we don't know what life will be like. But even yeah, that's very very true. But I I'd like to think at fifty-two that I, I hope I was had been living the life I wanted to live and not the life somebody else wanted me to live. I think that's. that's <laughs> That's right. I, what would I you will, say I to your what do you say to your fifty year old self, Joe? Because I can't resist not being a host. Uh, what I would say, I would just say, keep doing what you're doing. If you're bringing serotonin to your brain, if you're bringing happiness to the people around you, if your life is at least fifty one percent of the, your fifty two years filled with joy, then you're doing something good. But as long as you are surrounded by people who love you and you love them, then that's that's win the lotto. Yeah, that's fair. That's pretty, a good answer. Winning the lottery is never a bad option, is it? Not really. Not really. It probably is in some ways, but like, I remember Jerry here, the guy, I think he was Scottish, remember from Newcastle, who won the lotto, like three million, spent it all in two years on like uh, prostitutes and cocaine. And now he's back working on a, on a labouring site. Oh, man. Well, what a two years, though. Yeah, I'm sure he had a good couple of years, but yeah. wouldn't he be what I'd do if I like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Like, would not be what I do at all. <laughs> uh, Jamie, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, actually, one very last question. This is to do with me. As, as you know, I have given up drink for a year. In I'm doing it for charity. I'm doing it for Share a Dream, and you can hopefully find a link to the GoFundMe page on um, in the show notes. So, drinking alcoholism is obviously well. I will say I'm not suffering suffering from alcoholism. It's just a test for myself, and uh, more more so than anything else. But Jamie, if you could give up one vice, if you were forced to give up one vice, you can't use alcohol because I've already chosen that. One of your vices, what would you pick? My phone. Yeah. 
I'm addicted to social media. It's terrible. I spend so much time on it and I need to stop. It's, it's something I, I wake up in the morning, I spend half an hour on my phone. I, I want to wake up and be here, you know, be present instead of being on Instagram. Who cares what people are having for breakfast? Do you know what I mean? It's a terrible, yeah. ter- I think majority of people listening will, will feel that one. I completely agree with you. And yeah, I would actually prefer it if I can give up my phone for a year, but then I can't do that. I'm not saying giving up the phone fully, but I just think, having a yeah, yeah, healthy yeah. relationship with social media would be great I, uh, yeah I can be reaching that um, so yeah so I think we'll call it a time there Jamie thank you so much for allowing me to do you know what I'm going to switch it back over uh, thank you for, so much for allowing me to host and now I'm going to morph over to Jamie who is going to see us out on uh, <laughs> what is the 26th birthday anniversary special yeah. episode yeah, of just whatever, get a job. whatever it is and yeah thank Thanks, you so Joe. much jamie for allowing me to whatever whatever you decide to call us thank you so much Th- thank you joe for your time i really appreciate it. it's been one of a very fun lunch break um i'm gonna be cheeky though i'm gonna ask one more question before you go because you know i'm, I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast again anyway in the future right yeah. but there's, there's a sort of new question i've been asking people right and i wanted to ask you this because i'm curious but like what are you proud of the most in your life so far joe because I, I love asking this question it's a new question i just think people never get to be the self-indulgent and why not like we're on a podcast be self-indulgent answer the question um, what am i most proud of yeah that is a tough one i think i'm most proud of just like it's not even artistic it's just that I, i'm proud of the fact that i'm able to you know i think my heart's in the right place most of the time when i do stuff which i'm quite proud of myself for doing but that feels like it's really something you're proud of it just should be something you do and that you're like and i try to be a good person and i try to bring joy and bring happiness to people in whatever way i'm doing so i think that's something i'm hugely proud of in myself but also from a creative aspect it will be just continuously trying to work continuously trying to do better and never rest on my laurels no matter what i'm doing sometimes it's to my own detriment but uh most of the time it's just because i know if you stand still you die so like a shark so keep going so I'd say for, for my tenacity, say, <laughs> I think it's what I'm most proud of. But in general, it's just my deal with people and especially people I care about. That's what I'm kind of most proud of myself. Yeah. Good question. No, and, and then just to, to close things on, as I'm about to turn 26, what, what was your highlight of being 26? What's your advice for me is about to turn 26? What, what would you do differently when you were 26 or whatever? 26. Do you remember well, that year? <laughs> I remember that year with the year Ireland qualified for the Euros. I went over to Paris with my cousin Jack and my brother Kev. And I would say, Jamie, if you get to the World Cup, oh, please. I, I'm actually not, don't go to guitar. I'm not going to guitar, but but yeah. I, I love the principle of it. And, and fingers crossed, yeah. Scotland do get to the World Cup. It's just a shame we have to play Ukraine, who, you know, kind of, yeah. if, you know, it's, 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 the world's it's, on their side. I know, but then we might get to beat the Welsh. So fingers crossed for that. Evens out. I, but I would say just take your opportunities. First of all, do a Scotland away day because I'm dying to do an Irish away day. Do a Scotland oh, away yeah. day. Don't go to guitar. Just fuck guitar. Yeah. And just enjoy it. Uh, I was in a relationship I wasn't happy with at that time. It took me a while to get out of it. But um, just sometimes be selfish, but always be caring, always be loving, and always be looking to have a good time, and always be looking to have a good time. Yeah. I think that's the theme of this conversation today, Joe, is just just go with the flow, do what you make yeah. you happy and enjoy life. There you go. It's too short. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So hopefully, yeah. But anyway, Joe, thank you so much for uh, for your time. Thank you for hosting it. And very enjoyable to be on the other side of it again with you. I love it. Oh, no problem. Thanks so much. And you know where I am if you ever need me again. Yeah. And please donate to Joe's fundraiser for 
him not drinking for a year. He works in a pub, folks. It's not easy for him, but he's doing it. Thank you. It's by Joe Pint. If you start by Joe Pint, uh, go fund me if you want to just Google it. There's a link uh, in the show notes. A link in the show notes. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. See you later, guys. All the very best. Cheers. Well, there you go. That was episode 76 of Just Get A Real Job. Massive shout out to Joe again for coming on and hosting this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed what Joe was saying and I hope you enjoyed what I was saying. I hope it made some sense. It's always lovely to do these sort of episodes that are a bit different and it's just nice to have a chat with people I like. You know, it's nice, lovely to chat to your friends about stuff. So I hope you enjoyed it. It was a pleasure to record with Joe as always. Very, very fun way to spend a lunch hour as well. But thank you for your continued support of this podcast. Remember, there's a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. We're an independent podcast. We do this in our spare time. We don't have a lot of money. So any support you can give us, whether that's sharing it on social media, telling friends and family to listen, spreading the word about the podcast, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, you know, just subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen. Anything like that goes a long, long way in helping people find the podcast and helping us to grow as a podcast as well. Um, we also have a Patreon page. There's a link to that in the show notes. We appreciate it's a difficult time, especially the cost of living crisis. We do this podcast for free. We'd never expect people to pay for it but if you can afford to sort of donate to our patreon in any way that would be amazing It'd be much appreciated and the money all goes back in to making this podcast the best podcast it can possibly be but anyway anyhow that's all we have time for this week i hope you enjoyed and we'll be back in next tuesday with another episode of just get a real job and i'll be back in the host seat next week as well just get a real job